When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast where it is the post-game week 15 live reaction where unfortunately the Seattle Seahawks have lost 21-13 to the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco has clinched the NFC West division title, which Seattle at one point looked like they were a hot contender for. At one point they led for that, but now they have fallen to 7-7. and They're 1-4 and in their last five games. They're in a tough stretch right now, and they're right on the periphery of the playoff picture. And next week, Christmas Eve... And if you're watching, you, you'll see my hat is very Christmassy. Next week, Christmas Eve, unfortunately, they travel to Kansas City against the Chiefs. So they might be below 500. Right now, they're at 500. Griff, we didn't expect much from that game, but it was still pretty painful to watch. Uh, it was painful to watch. Uh, ultimately, I think they played up to their talent level, though, for the players they had on the field. Um, lo- losing Woods and then Mona. This game was just too much. Um, but they held they held the ground game uh, with the exception of that like final drive to four yards per carry. Um, and in in the, in the past game, I mean, it was it was a, a rookie corner Tariq Woolen who's having a great year, bust making a routine cover three bust, and Kyle Shanahan manufacturing yards as he is known to do in very like 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 almost emptying the clip type you know scheming um and i i think i don't know i i i don't think that they played poorly they they certainly made improvements in this game compared to the first niners game um and they're weaker this game personnel wise and the niners are stronger this game personnel wise so um well, I mean, you swap out Samuel for for Kittle, but you know, I didn't come away from this game too discouraged. And in fact, I I feel like the picture is super clear for how they go about uh, trying to uh, improve the team and not to get ahead of ourselves. But you know, I I just think they need to find a blue chipper somewhere on the defensive line, and that the easiest answer is either going to be Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, and then go get another red chipper in free agency or or trade or or, or draft as well. Um, basically you need another Nwosu and Taylor's supposed to be that. Fortunately he's not, that sets them back. But uh, beyond that, you have a you have a young um uh, a, a young secondary and uh I think you hold on for digs a little bit longer. Hope Jamal gets back and I don't know, you, you might be able to uh, to grow still here. So I, I'm not too discouraged from this game, honestly. Yeah. And honestly watching this game 
And we've seen it with the 49ers time and time again. You can see it in their defense. But forever they've had, like, at one point it was six first-round defensive liners. But I think right now the big thing is obviously Nick Bosa being a first-round blue-chip talent that you talk about. And so Seattle has rarely had the opportunity to pick in the top 10. This feels like the draft where they go and do it. Ty... Mm. the defense was okay today that the stuff we can get into but really the offense just struggled against that 49ers front yeah it wasn't great um you know they didn't really uh you know run the ball much in this game and that's obviously because they were playing from behind quite a bit um and also like you mentioned on twitter you know they they weren't running a lot of under center stuff which means that they were you know they were they were pretty terrified of what the uh 49ers do up front um and so you know uh that makes your offense more one-dimensional and puts a lot of pressure on gino and what are you wearing griff it's a beret actually oh I it's think, a beret okay yeah I, I i have a beret in this room apparently i, I was con- i was confused as to what i was looking at that looked like a cd case or like a headphones case yeah. or something i was like what is that yeah all right so uh yeah uh so you know that that put a lot of pressure on gino and put a lot of pressure on the offensive line and there is some um you know he, he was dealing with quite a bit of pressure at times um i'm pretty surprised that they didn't turn the ball over they didn't turn the ball over once right because like all the oh wait no no, no. they did the they, the, the they, homer the hummer yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 duh jeez idiot i i tried to block that out of my head mm-hmm. um don't blame you yeah uh and you know really this game you know kind of going back to that homer fumble this game really felt like the week two game where it's just like if that one turnover uh, you know, in week two, there was the whole wildcat debacle and then the homer fumble in this game. Those turnovers don't happen. It feels like both of those games are really different because uh, the, the Seahawks seem to actually have or they seem to have found a little bit of a groove there before the homer fumble. They were putting together a, a fairly nice drive. They were only down by four at the time. Uh, they were about to go into the half with at least down one potentially or hopefully with the lead. And then all of a sudden, 14-3, just like that. And then the 49ers start the second half of the ball. And then they come right down the field and score. And all of a sudden, it's 21-3, to and you're you're cooked at that point. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and again, and that ties back into the offense having to play from behind, getting one-dimensional, uh, one putting a lot of this game on Geno and the offensive line against that defensive line for San Francisco. It's just, it's a recipe for disaster, and we saw you know that exactly come to fruition in this game agree yeah so that travis homer fumble was particularly unfortunate uh he carol mentioned that as the big moment in the game he said that you know we just gave them one which they kind of did because it ended up with the 49ers taking over at the six yard line of seattle they ran it in after two attempts the defense had played pretty okay uh, up to that point and play pretty okay for the rest of the game but in the game so tight to give up that kind of margin just really damaging i felt in this press conference pete was trying to be ultra positive because um and even more so than he usually is he's often optimistic but he was really putting a positive spin on this game because you know it could all fall apart pretty quickly if they don't kind of stay on top of it and try and focus on some like stuff to take away here as they you know 
you know, they're still in the playoff picture. But um, yeah, that Homer fumble, they were they had momentum. They put together a bit of a drive. They were only down by four. It felt like they'd found something in the way that they're moving the football, and then it uh, unfortunately it it collapsed. Now, if... mm. go, ahead. go ahead. No, interrupt. Go. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, if we, like you guys have said, if we nickel and dime the results of this game, there were opportunities here. And, and Ty, I agree, like like the week two game, you know, if we if we play the if and bucking that game, you know, the, the results would have been a lot closer. But um, in, in this game, at least offensively, you know, if, if, if the fumble doesn't happen and Diggs secures his would-be interception and it probably sets up really good field position because he had a lot of room to run. They 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 connect. They had two opportunities to get explosive with with uh, the DK fade that was called back for penalty, and then um, uh, Derek Young's catch that didn't. I forget what happened. There was another penalty there. So I mean, they actually had, in spite of it being rough in other areas, there were there was they had within their process the ability for them to make this a really close game. Um, So I don't know. I just see relative improvement. In that sense, going up against probably the second or third best defense in the entire league. So, um, yeah, I mean, this game really was not some disaster game. Um, it was not a good game because the reason why it wasn't a good game is because they're not talented enough. Um, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't watch this and 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 despair. I suppose. Yeah, and the other big moment that. P. Carroll highlighted, of course, was Quanjay Diggs, third and 11, just had the two-minute warning at the end of the first half. Purdy tries a pass to the deep middle. He's off. Diggs is right there. We've seen him time and time again make that kind of interception where he reads the quarterback correctly in the, and he's in the middle of the field and he catches the pass and then he runs it back for big yardage. Unfortunately, he dropped the pass. And, you know, that kind of double swing of, okay, well, you know, that – he had that pass that was probably around Seattle's 40-yard line, 35-yard line. Maybe he runs it back to San Francisco's 40-ish. Mm-hmm. Put Seattle in a great position to run it. But then the fact that on the very next drive, Seattle goes marching along and then the Homer fumble happens at Seattle's 35 when it's a second five with one minute, eight seconds remaining. And then puts, obviously, as I've said, Seattle, uh, San Francisco at Seattle's six. That's just like a double whammy of like, wow, like the momentum has, if momentum exists, and like, you know, mm-hmm. it does as much as people acknowledge it and they feel it's a thing. Uh, that just was a double gut punch. What were they, uh, <clears throat> what were they running on the digs near interception? Was that robber? I only uh, saw one replay question. of it. That's a good question. Uh, it might have been. I actually think he might have just been in the post there. Um, mm. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch the tape back because it felt like the defense on third and long and stuff, they tried to con, uh, confuse Brock Purdy with some different rotations and disguised rotations. And I think it kind of worked. Now, the 49ers went 6 of 13 on third down, which is below that 50% mark that Seattle was aiming for, um, 46.2% that is. And uh, they also happened to complete some big third downs, like, uh, you know, the third and 15 screen that, it was poor and but the real story is the offense like seattle's offense went 4 of 13 on third down that's 30.8 percent 
like you said, Ty, the fact that they they seem to use under center like less than ten times. Like they yeah. they basically approached the game as though they were just terrified of exposing their of tackles the yeah. to, uh, to the bootleg, the backside boot, as you said, Griff. How the 49ers aligned so wide and they're so fast off the football and they play so aggressive. But what ended up happening was because they were in shotgun so much, you end up exposing your tackles in that sense. You also have a very weak, ineffective run game because that's not meant to be your bread and butter anyway. And most of the runs are like constraint plays, which become a bit obvious. And it was just disappointing because I felt, you know, surely after the first matchup you you try and solve the under center issues you had not just abandon it in, in totality and basically call a game which looked to me they but they called the game like they were down by 21 points from like the first quarter onwards and it basically mm. meant hey this is on you gino you've got to do absolutely everything here the rookie tackles had an up and down game uh gino actually said you know, he praised them and said he he had like when you have the, so many completions, you know, you, you sort of have to credit your pass protection. But really, they they did have a tough time of it, and it is a brutal test. I mean, that defense is no joke. Gino dropping back uh, with forty four passing attempts, completing thirty one for two hundred thirty eight yards and a touchdown, zero interceptions. Like that's just a crazy amount of uh, you know they they run Kenneth Walker twelve times like. And yeah. Homer once, like, and just... a lot of those times are out of out of gun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just that doesn't really make sense to me, and I'd, I hope Shane Waldron is asked about that because they go into this game talking about the importance of balance, the importance of stopping the run and being able to run the ball, and yet they come out of it and they have not they have not done that on offense. They haven't found the balance, and they haven't even looked like they were trying to really. And it's now, weird too because, like, for the first twenty-seven minutes of this game, this game was either tied or within seven to four points, or four to seven points, rather. Mm. Like, yeah, well, the, the uh, for for this offense to to go toe to toe and compete, because I think they had the quarterback and they had the receivers. In order to compete, they basically just need the rookie tackles to keep growing. I thought the tackles were a bigger problem than the interior. Um, in protection and um you know like they had they had a great they played really well against the panthers last week the, the tackles did um and then they had a they did well against the rams and they did poorly against the raiders and so they're having good games against good edge rushers and rough games against good ones so it's just it's rookie variance um rookie tackles like it, it's a tough position to come out and be rock solid every single week um so, I mean, it's just the fact that we're seeing any highs at all really is the take home because the negatives are kind of unavoidable. So, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, upgrade center, probably right guard um, if you can, but just everything else really, not that I want this to be the answer because I want it right now. I want immediate payoff, but the answer is just patience there. Um, beyond that, I don't know what what, what you do. I mean, I also want a third receiver. I've I've got a laundry list of desires here, but Griff, I think you sound spoiled and greedy, just like the Seattle Mariners fan base. Hey, who's the Brian Reynolds equivalent for the for the Seahawks? Is it Jalen Carter? It's probably, it's probably Jalen Carter. I mean, for the sake of just trade comps, 
first I've one seen- that came to mind was Daniel Hunter. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say the exact same. That that works. That works. There we go. Um, We've cracked. You're the encouraging code. him. You're, you're encouraging him. Don't do it. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Maybe. Right. At least, at All least right. I didn't mention. Hey, at least I mentioned a defensive player, not a wide receiver. Could have made. I could have mentioned a receiver and put, drove him down that rabbit hole so far. So. Hmm. Right. Okay. So another thing I found interesting about Pete's post game presser is. He was like praising the run defense. Now, I don't know. To me, Which, that, that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, to me, I was pretty good on like for the majority of plays, but like a lot of the season, there were still some big plays. And like the 49ers finished with 170 rushing yards, 34 total carries. That's a five yards per carry average. Like, now we need to bucket that as you like to do, Griff, and 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 separate that into the situations and also, you know, formations. And I think some of those will be Brock Purdy runs, but like, that's still not the figure that they're wanting it to be. I, I agree. So that being said, they the defense did keep Seattle in the game for as long as they basically physically could, and um, and the other thing is Brian Monet left the game. That was after, as you said at the start of the show, Griff, Al Woods was ruled inactive with his Achilles issue. Monet's since been called a, a legitimate knee injury, a serious one from Pete Carroll, so and uh, an ACL, he said. So Monet's done for the year. And he Which... was their big nose tackle who was the key to like this, we, we thought, to this game because we expected him to have to step up with Woods out He's the only other guy who can play that head up, nose tackle technique reliably. You know, he's that 340-pound presence. But what happened was Puna Ford, Miles Adams, they stepped up at nose tackle. They both had experience of it in the past, but they're kind of lighter bodies, and Adams has struggled as a four-down nose, and Puna hasn't played the nose for a while and has slimmed down, I think, to improve his pass rush this season. But they both stepped up fine this game. They seem to do well. We'll have to watch the tape, but that's massively encouraging. And then having mm-hmm. Shelby Harris back again was big. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. We, it's, this is a big game for tape, I think, because yeah. it, it felt like yeah. there was the, there was some huge runs, and then uh, the rest were kind of all bottled up. But um, uh, yeah, uh, up until up until Brooks's exit, they were holding them to like three point nine yards per carry. The the running backs. Okay. And that doesn't mean it's all Tanner Muse. Like, there are other things. The other side of it is if that's, to me, like 3.9 yards per carry being your floor, that, that's how I view view it. That was their floor. And if they had Woods, I mean, and Mona, is probably closer to 3.5, 3.3. Three, three. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, think about um, that. Like, they didn't really have the bodies to match up tonight for the most part, and they fared that well. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean that's kind of best case scenario considering the situation. Yeah, the fact that that's how I feel, and that yeah, the fact the 49ers had the same amount of third downs as the Seahawks, thirteen a piece, like Mm. on offense. This shows that you know they were they were they were forcing them into third down situations. They weren't just getting collapsed on first and second. Yeah. Uh, Um. One one thing I want to say here though, when it comes to the talent on the line. The floor of the talent is, I think, much higher than perceived. Everyone's healthy. And I want to give us some perspective here. 2011, 2012, 2013, 
Um, Sorry, keep going. Two, uh, 2011, 2012, 2013. Your your main interior defenders are Red Bryant, Brandon Meebane, Alan Branch, and then Alan Branch is then replaced by um, is then replaced by Tony McDaniel. They also have the Legion of Boom. I demand to be taken seriously right now. They also have the Legion of Boom surrounded by them. They were in those three years, the 14th, the 17th, and the 14th ranked run defenses that those years. So I'm yeah. saying is if you can only get average results at that unit, they were 10th last year. So what I'm just saying is, and their their numbers on the whole season this year, not what they want it to be. Um, Al Woods, Ford, Mona, Shelby Harris is more than enough to make this work. It's just, it's not talent. That's not the problem for, they could they be better? Absolutely. Could they use a Michael Bennett? Absolutely. Could they use Jalen Carter? Absolutely. You need them anyway for pass rush anyway. But I'm just saying, like, they don't have all these holes in the defensive line. They are lacking the 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 ceiling, but the floor is totally fine. You don't need to get rid of all these guys and replace all of them. Do what you keep doing, like find your bargain bin free agent run stuffer, which they do a good job of, and then get your elite player, you need an elite player right now. Shelby, uh, I love you, Chen and the Wosu, but he cannot be your your defensive line's best player. He can't be. He needs to be your and second. He, or third. And he also can't be playing, you know, over eighty percent of the snaps. Like, right. Even if he was your best player, that's not that should right. not be happening. So, um, also to that point. Oh no, my hat. Oh dear. The only oh, reason that they would, uh, you know, the only reason they might reshuffle their interior is age. Um, and then I guess if they're really insistent on get playing more like gap and a half, uh, four eye, two eye stuff, maybe they try and get something else, but really they should just coach it better. I agree. They have the bodies to do it. Um, I agree. And, and really like, you know, it's working. I, I it's just, it's just silly. Right. It, it 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 works and then but then when it doesn't it falls apart so horrendously so quickly i feel like it's 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 you know trite for us to say here but i do feel like it just seems to be coached better and the thing is hurt has hurt knows how to coach it that's not the problem but i i feel like you know being promoted is attention's divided maybe they i don't know do they need to make a, a look at uh, their, you know, the assistance under him at defensive line? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Lewis, Damian Lewis is only a like, third year coach who's responsible for the interior defensive line. Yeah. So, so ran over, I guess. So, so uh, the other news uh, injury wise for the defense is Jordan Brooks left the game with a neck, a hurt neck, a sore neck. Uh, they need to sort of check out how bad that is. Uh, but I do believe he appeared on the injury report earlier, perhaps this week and maybe in previous weeks with a neck issue. So obviously something he's been monitoring. And uh, yeah, so Griff, you've put in the in the private chat, we should address the linebacker coverage comment real quick. Go for it. Address it. Uh, so um, exposed just... Griff, you're not supposed to talk about the private chat. It's private um, for a reason, Matthew. I, so I, so uh, I... I, Isaac Lee here, he offered um, a comment. The Kid LTD was a showcase of our L, LB weakness. Um, on that touch, I mean, whether that's the case or not, um, about the LB weak, we, linebacker weakness or strength, on that specific play, 99% chance that was on Tariq Wollin. Ah, but Griff, 
Kirk Herb Street. Kirk Herb Street. He called it Man. That was cover three, man. It's Man to Man. By the way, they are like winging it. They're awful. That was was not Man coverage. You you didn't enjoy Prime Vision? Under under no circumstances should a cover three corner chase an inbreaker from an attached number one receiver to a trip side and then you also get running back strong woolen just didn't know what he was doing yeah so um, uh, pete described that as like uh, a bust he didn't put woolen on blast but really again that to me is like you know the, the the scores they allow they allow a crazy good like shanahan opening script and then a double screen double screen with a tight end pass up the seam which is just a great play uh digs technically should be I don't that, put but it's like, just Shannon. You just take your hat off and you're like, well done. That's your fancy, fancy Nancy stuff. Then you're defending from your six yard line. So that's tough. Then Woolen bust cover three. That's the three scores here. So again, that's like the reason for a bit of optimism. An okay Robbie Gold missed a field goal, which kept the Seahawks in it. It's a two score game. Meant they only lost by, you know, technically one score, but uh yeah, so on the other side of the ball, we, we've sort of talked about the offense, but significant news after the game is that Tyler Lockett late on on a slant route uh, left the game, got his left hand inspected, and it's the news has come out that he's broke his index finger, which I think is on his left hand, but Pete Carroll called it legitimate. He says Lockett wants to try and play in like two weeks' time. That seems crazy, but you know Lockett is a very special guy. That's a huge loss to the offense because he's been, well, not often, well, not often. He's not always the most targeted player on the offense. Metcalf sometimes gets that, but Lockett is the go-to guy in getting open, particularly against zone, in like zone holes, but really against any coverage. He's always kind of open and it just, you can't really say, um, you can't really say how big a loss he'd be, you know? Yeah. I mean, it it sucks for him on a personal note too that you know he was so close to. Uh... God damn it! <laughs> uh, all right, we're a professional podcast here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sucks that you know for for Lockett for, on a personal level too because he was so close to getting his fourth consecutive uh, thousand yard season and all that. So hopefully he's able to come back in time to uh finish that off a broken finger as a receiver especially like that i don't know they only got four games left i'd be pretty surprised if he comes back in two weeks but we'll see we'll see how significant of a fracture it is there you go and the other thing as well like the 49 has only got in the red zone twice and they went one for two in the red zone um I think we're going to watch the tape and not feel that bad about this game no. with the caveats that they weren't at full strength. I mean, I, I think the only the only times I think I'll be feeling really bad is it looked like Gino had guys coming open downfield, but unfortunately by that point, the rush had got there and he had to, you know, evasive maneuver, backpedal. You couldn't move up in the pocket. I mean, they are like a crazy defense. Like They are a... Um, They're insane. That if you know, mm-hmm. depending on yeah. how far they go, they, this defense could be remembered, you know, as like uh, you know, if if talking like you know, team of the uh, decade sort of thing, you know. If 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 that they weren't the 49ers, I would be rooting for this team. The the Niners are a sick team right now. Yeah, the way they uh, like they 
they don't even do that much like on the back end coverage wise. They just sort of drop to their spot and they rally to the football with aggressive speed and ridiculous energy and make booming hits and have a great pass rush which forces the ball out at a reliable point each time. Like they're they're nuts, unfortunately. Yeah, so, they're cracked. Yeah. So on that uh the busted coverage as well, it should be said that uh, Conjay Diggs missed his tackle, which was unfortunate because you know that would have put them in like the thirty-ish, was it, or maybe in the just inside the red zone. But really bad pursuit angle. I know it's tough. It's in the open field. It's George Kittle, but again, but the difference between these two teams, which made itself clear to me, is like their defense has more had more energy, flew to the ball quicker, better pass rush, obviously. But also they're you know they're helped out by how they're playing basically a one-dimensional offense when it didn't necessarily need to be. Uh, but they're also just more confident and and yeah they're just more, more of a violent defense like, and I think part of that as well is that they have veteran experience. So yeah, I, I don't know. We sort of recapped the game and and done it fairly fast. There there wasn't much else to be said. Gino said he's frustrated with losing um but he you know they just need to execute better which we sort of heard in the past but like that's probably what the tape will show uh i I, with my gripe about waldron's game plan uh staying there uh but again need to watch the film for that and actually check what the real numbers are rather than being anecdotal uh did we talk about some of the uh penalties mental mistakes you guys have any thoughts on that? Like uh, Daryl Taylor jumping off sides, the DK taunting call. Any any thoughts on that? Well, only that you know Daryl Taylor should know, but I've you know he's he's had a tough season. He's pressing to make a play. He he lives off his speed rush and jumping the snap. So I get it. And Shanahan ended up not going for that anyway, and it was a. It was fourth, fourth and seven, brought up fourth and two. They punted and it went for a touchback. Maybe if they pumped from fourth and seven, like it doesn't go for a touchback. So, and I think Seattle got five yards on top of that from a holding. So, I mean, it ended up being inconsequential. Obviously, you'd like him to be more football aware. Maybe, you know, we don't know, but maybe that's part of the reason he isn't playing more than like a handful of snaps as a pass rush specialist now. When, as Griff said, they kind of were expecting him to pan out as like almost a blue chip style player. And that not happening is the major factor to the defense this season, along with Jamal Adams being hurt. Those two things, they've like lost what they would have called like two star players. So in those terms, that's kind of wild. Uh, then DK Metcalf, I mean, that was ridiculous. Like he does it a lot of the time. I get he's playing on the edge. Pete Carroll's always going to support his player and he did so afterwards, but that was so silly. Like he one, you're being clamped up. Like uh Chavarius Ward followed him around a lot of the game, uh played press to him a lot. Now it's not pure like press man to man. It's more like press with a safety at the top or uh press with a quarter helping you in the dig window to the inside so you can really camp on the outside release stuff. But Chavarius Ward played bully ball on him. DK was just clamped up for most of the game. And for him to do that when the offense went three and out for the second time in a row, and it really would have put Seattle defending from like their own 40 yard line, like um, not own 40, uh, from like San Francisco's 40 to like 45 yard line after they punted, 
because of DK's like petulance, basically. Luckily for them, uh, San Francisco got a penalty, so they actually defended from the twenty-five yard line. But still, it's just it's just uh, it's it's a bit silly, right? But you know, again, he is a competitor. Heck, I'd probably you know try and be trying to find the edge and lose my cool. At the same time, though, you know uh, how long it happens every year. Uh, it's always more frustrating to see when the Seahawks lose. I imagine, but um, you know he's twenty five years old now. Uh, he's turning. Uh, he just turned twenty five. It was his birthday, December the fourteenth. There you go. Um, you know what? What season is it for him? Year four. Yeah. Yeah, like it might just be who he kind of is, but he's probably needs to. No, you know, if it happens next week, like at what point? <laughs> what point is it a problem? Like it wasn't I mean, a problem this week, but it's I, kind I, of who he is. So. I think part of the problem with Taylor is, I think maybe his explosiveness that we saw last year has come back, but the run defense has been so poor that he can't get into pass rushing situations. I mean, the, the sack he had against Carolina looked really nice. It looked like he did last year, you know. Um, so, I mean, he's still under contract, so uh, go acquire that other guy or maybe Maffei turns into, you know, something overnight, but, but go get that guy and Taylor, if, if the run defense plays the level that it should next year, Taylor could still be a valuable piece on third downs and, and passing situations. Um, I mean, like, let's, let's remember Bruce Irvin had 500 snaps as an edge rusher, and you know 2013 and 14 12 like there are snaps for him to get if they handle if they're at least respectable on first down um yeah yeah good points uh ilana has in the chat has checked me on my pronunciation of of boye i've heard from many people mafe mafe um i've heard both so i don't know what it is Mm. She, yeah. she she's saying mafe. Yeah, it's gonna or, be okay. Excuse me. It'll be okay, yep. I promise you. Yeah. Mm. Mafe. Yeah. Mafe. Right. Mafe. If anyone in the chat had questions, that'd be good because uh I think we're basically done. Like the video if you haven't, subscribe, five star review, mm-hmm. and uh yeah. Make sure you <laughs> Check out our video on what was wrong with the run fits against the Panthers that we put on my YouTube channel. So I have a question for both of you. Oh, oh, go on, Ty. It's very simple. Is it Gene over? Not for me. No. You know, yeah, I you know I have some thoughts on this actually. Um, are they statistically eliminated? No. Then it's not Gene over. Hmm. It's not Gene over. As long as we have a even if mathematical okay. chance and we have MV Gino on our side, right? It's not Gene right. over. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to win the MVP now. I think. I think that may have. Uh, yeah. Maybe a, that might be. A he's going to throw. Compared. He's going. He's going to throw. 12 touchdowns on Christmas Eve against Patrick Mahomes and a what would that be like an 80 to 73 final score at Arrowhead Stadium Christmas Eve 
lock it down. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, literally muting my mic, by the way. It's not yeah, me. Yeah. I, I haven't probably heard me. Kai breathing. Really. It's probably me. I don't think anyone is. I, maybe when Ty, when you go to talk, you're like, oh. <gasps> <sighs> ASMR. It, yeah, yeah. Coming hey guys, in the off welcome, season. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast. Yeah, I don't think my voice, I mean. Today we're um, going to grind the tape. My voice isn't the best voice for ASMR in particular. But, As you can see, the Seahawks are playing week three buzz. Yeah, so. What do you think they need to make the playoffs? I think they need to win every game. Like, so that's at Kansas City, then hosting the Jets, and then hosting the Rams. That's tough. The NFC playoff picture right now. Is they, it's the possible at nine and eight. Eight. It's possible at nine and eight. Doubtful. It's like what forty something percent. They they need to. I think ten and seven. It pretty much secures it. But that's beating the Chiefs. I don't know, man. That's not happening. If they beat the Chiefs, then there's no reason they shouldn't go ten and seven. If they don't yeah. beat the Chiefs, they can't go ten and seven. <laughs> so uh, we find out on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Daniel Smith says we match up better against the Jets and Chiefs, right? In that the the Chiefs have a bad defense, and we're not going to have Tyler. They're not going to have Tyler, but you can, you know, if Mahomes has a off day, which means the Chiefs still score thirty points. Um, the Seahawks have scored more than thirty points this year. They have it in them. They tend to feast on bad defenses. So, Copers coat, players play, coaches coach, and. Uh, you know, it's not Genover. We're Genos getting started. Is that allowed? Well, no. It is. It is the holiday season, so all allowed. Yeah, I'm not allowed. Be yet, permissible, Maddie. I, I no, I'm not permissible. Um, yeah. So basically, what we're saying is, it would help if they started winning again, but uh. Yeah, it's hard to feel hard to feel hopeful about that, but we can. Try. I think I think I'm not discouraged by the results of the however as sh- however shitty these recent games have been. That I'm not n- that doesn't deter me from their chances beating the Jets and the Rams again. Like mm. they have it in them to beat those teams, like they absolutely do. Yeah, um, they also have it into them to lose those teams, but I, I don't like they could be. Never, I, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll can it there. I've said enough. So it should be said that um, Washington and who are currently in sixth place, and the New York Giants who are currently in seventh place. So they're both currently in the playoffs. They face off against each other uh, this weekend. So that will hope you know one of those teams will lose. Hopefully not another tie. So one of those teams will be seven and six and one. And then also the Detroit Lions, who are hunting down Seattle now. They're currently seven, uh, sorry, six and seven. They face off against the New York Jets, who are seven and six uh, this weekend. So big, big games. 
really, while Seattle doesn't technically control their destiny now, I, you know, if they were ten and seven and missed the playoffs, like you'd be, uh, especially with that extra wild card spot, you'd be thinking that is very unfortunate. It's pretty good. So, yeah, but the thing is, I don't think I just can't. I don't see how they beat Kansas City. The spin zone is well. They moved to this coverage system to be able to run lots of different coverages and flummox a Patrick Mahomes and tightly cover his receivers. And Dino can win a shootout. We've seen that, and yeah, but. It'll be interesting seeing how Gina uh, copes with the stuff they do on defense as well. But we'll be back with a more in-depth preview on Sunday, along with some film and reaction to the games, the aforementioned other important games in the NFC playoff picture. That's right. No, my, Michael asks... Did you guys mention the roughing the pass on Bosa that reversed the touchdown? Pretty big moment. Went from 28-3 to three to 21-6. You're correct. That was a huge moment. If that had happened, it looked like they were going to get boat raced. And, yeah, that was not... That wasn't Gino's best decision, but he was trying to make a play happen on third and long. I think there was an element of desperation. I don't know. How many steps did Bosa take? It was like one and into the quarterback, right? It's just Gino got smacked back into the, it might have been like the back of his helmet into Travis Homer, who's pass protecting with his back to Gino. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I mean, for what it's worth, both Bosa after the game said that, you know, that's on me. Uh, I cost my team there. I got too carried away. So he was fine with it. But I mean, you would be if you just won. He's just being a good soldier there. Um, yeah. Yeah. You think, no, you think I, he's, I didn't uh, like the call. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the call either. No, I like the call because it, well, it wiped off a pick six. Yeah, as a Seahawks I fan, I, I, I love the call. Love the call. Yeah. Big fan of the call. It but... still wouldn't have been Genover even if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that guys... said, Gino got there was a play later where Gino got hit low, and I felt that could have been the flag and the hit out of bounds. Yeah, where... no, I agree on that actually. The hit out of but... bounds is very ticky tacky, and like Brady would get that, you know. So, more importantly, Going to trade for Brian Reynolds, and they're going to mm. sign Pollock and maybe one other guy, and we're good. Michael Michael Brantley, welcome to the Seattle Mariners. You have That's a good one through six, but and you probably Div- have a good seven through nine too. Divish gave us some some cope today, so maybe Brian Reynolds will be a Seattle Mariner after all. I don't I'm think gonna... the I don't think ownership is going to pay anyone. Mm. That's my take. There's there, always there's much... a, there's there's a lot of people that you would be uh, friends with, Maddie, with that take. Oh, of course. You would, you, would find, you would find a very large audience for yourself on Twitter. There you go. If you, if you tweeted that. You should tweet that. You'll probably get quite a few followers. Um, I could say, like, this is a, this is an ingrained mentality in the franchise. Mm. Yes. It's do rotten that. to the core. Do it. Do it. You yeah. should do it. Yeah. Do numbers. Yeah, yeah, you would do lots of numbers. Okay. Right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Seattle Overload podcast. Please do give us a like if you're watching live. Subscribe to the channel. 
comments as well. We've been enjoying your comments all night. Um, Please do give us a five-star review if you're listening and share it with your friends. We're growing it all the time, but word of mouth, you can't beat it. You know, tell tell someone at the Costco checkout line or the Tesco checkout queue. But we appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh so was goodbye. We'll be back. We'll be back Sunday with a bit of NFL kind of banter film. Um re- really quick. And- I- I'm not going to answer the question, but Logan Anderson asked, Griff mentioned a third receiver. What skill set would best complement the existing group? That is a great topic to discuss at a later point. We will answer that question. Okay, I'll put it in my my folder. Because there's much to discuss there. I have have a legit injury as well. A broken heart. Oh. What becomes of the brokenhearted? That's a question we will answer on Sunday's episode of Seattle Overload. We'll see you there, folks. Mm -hmm. Bye. I've seen broken hearts healed.